Welcome to Tech Interrupt. Today we have a very special episode featuring a guest speaker who is a pioneer in Hong Kong's plant-based industry and innovations, Dr. Andrew Lung. Hi everyone. Hello. Um, can you give us a brief introduction to your company, Good Food Technology, and what exactly you guys do? Thanks. Um, so our company is called Good Food Technologies and we are a local startup that innovate and produces uh, sustainable meats, uh, starting with plant-based meat. All our products are locally produced and um, yeah, our research is also in-house. So the story uh, of this company is that uh, Josh, uh, my co-founder, and I had been high school buddies for a very long time. And uh, over the years, we are very passionate about sustainability his background being in aeronautical engineering and my background in chemistry. And over the years, he's moved on to a more uh, management consultant role. And he one day he was um, very inspired and approached me on a plant-based project in which uh, I was also very interested in. So using my experience in product development through my PhD in chemistry and chemical engineering, uh, We've, we've put a product together and that is when we started this company uh, last year around July. Wow, startups are definitely very into the current trend. So for our Gen Z audience who may not be too familiar with the plant-based market, can you give a quick background on plant-based technology in general and maybe Good Food Technologies' um, vision or mission in this? Plant-based uh, technology is a up-and-coming um, tech that looks to mimic animal meat in the uh, texture, flavor, as well as the appearance. So some of us might be familiar with um, burger patties or chicken nuggets that's um, made out of plants. And there are lots of international brands available in Hong Kong. Um, our mission is to uh, target the Asian market because we actually spot a lot of use cases of those brands might not be suited for Asian applications. For example, um, some products might crumble after steamed uh, conditions or it actually uh, dissolves under uh, water-based applications. Our goal is to uh, produce products that actually works very well in steamed and uh, water-based conditions. Can you give us a bit about your recipe and how you came up with it? Sure, so we came up with this recipe because uh, of what we mentioned, being that we want to target a more Asian application. So we, our products um, are infused with our in-house tech called Aromax which means maximizing the aroma. And um, in this Aromax, it actually mimics animal pork fat. We came up with this because we've been speaking with a lot of Chinese chefs and that they actually use a lot of um, fatty pork or pork lard in order to make their dishes tastier. And it's something that they cannot live without. So we spend our best effort in order to mimic this pork belly fat with uh, plant-based ingredients. We actually used a coconut oil and konjac to um, mimic the mouthfeel, as well as infusing it with 
some natural flavors to mimic uh, the very unique porky uh, fat smell. And lastly, after cooking, this pork fat, this Aromax, actually turns translucent, which uh, mimics uh, fatty pork when they actually get steamed or cooked. And to assemble the final product, we put uh, some soy proteins in as well as uh, different nutrition and flavors in order to best mimic the animal pork. So how do you come up with um, coconut oil and konjac production? Are there anything special about this kind of um, plant? It's a great question. Uh, so we can break it down into the oil category as well as the uh, gum system category. So the oil category, we've we've looked into all the oils that's available out there. Uh, cacao oil, palm oil, um, and coconut oil are some of the oil that's got a higher melting point, being that they stay solid under um, room temperature. And uh, we've also tried the much lower melting point oils like uh, sunflower oil, peanut oil, and those doesn't give us that mouthfeel. And we chose coconut oil amongst the high melting point oils because they are very, uh, they're more sustainable um, and the flavor profile also fits our product. And in terms of the gum system, we looked into other uh, gums that's available. For example, Arabic gum, Gilan gum, and um, some algae sourced uh, systems. However, we chose konjac at the end because it's one of the more natural ingredients and it also fits our clean label approach. So let's continue diving into the manufacturing process. Do you mind explaining a bit on maybe how you do these experiments and um, the development of your products? So we can divide our manufacturing process into three major steps. Uh, we start with the high temperature processing in which we produce the Aromax um, to give it that texture and uh, flavor. Then we move on to a high speed pulverization step in which we actually unlock the flavors that's trapped inside the Aromax. And lastly, we finish the um, entire process incorporating the proteins and nutrition with low temperature emulsification step to put everything together and we can imagine that step as being an ice cream uh, mixing process. Um, there's lots of buzz on in terms of whether plant-based meat is better in terms of building muscle and staying fit compared to um, traditional meats. Would you say this is true and what are the potential health benefits when trying to um, look at it from a fitness standpoint? So I guess um, over the years there's been quite a few documentaries um, talking about the benefits of plant-based over animal-based, um, such as fork and knives and uh, game changers. Personally, I can only speak for myself that um, after practicing a more plant-based diet, that um, after I partake in the fitness activities, um, the recovery time is, can be shortened from 48 hours to 24 hours as well as the muscle soreness is usually a lot less uh, severe after that, meaning that it's a cleaner um, feeling uh, after partaking in the plant-based diet. 
That's definitely very related to our generation, given the pandemic has definitely induced people to become more fit and maintain their um, health benefits. So what are your thoughts on the fact in general that the plant-based meat industry has quite big shoes to fill in terms of becoming a real alternative, let's say, to the loyal customers of the traditional meat industry? So like we mentioned, our starting point is to produce a meat that matches the experiences um, that you'd get from traditional meats um, in terms of flavor, texture, as well as appearance. Um, and the next step is actually, in order to drive this change, we also need to match these products in terms of the affordability, meaning that our price must be the same or lower than traditional meats in order to get people to adopt this. Um, our goal is to produce a cleaner and more ethical uh, source of proteins um, to fill uh, the customers and we look at our products um, as an alternative to replace the more basic meats for example fillings in dim sum and dumplings and these are applications that our product is actually particularly strong at um, you mentioned you you guys aim to um, provide everything that traditional meat provides so how do you guys source the appropriate botanical ingredients to produce the same functionalities that traditional meat offers if we look at um the plant-based meat industry in general, others uh, uses different forms of proteins. For example, brown rice, uh, pea or fungi for different reasons such as the flavor or their appearances. Uh, in our case, we chose uh, non-GMO soy because of their availability and people's familiarity in this market as well as the nutritional values being that um, they're more available for human consumption and we also source the least uh, plant-flavored raw materials in terms of the beanie taste that might be unpleasant to some of the customers' palates. And I guess one thing to highlight is that for uh, in terms of animal meats, their nutritional profile had been uh, staying the same over the years. Over the 2000 years, they've been uh, the same in terms of you know protein content and the nutritional values they might contain. Some might say that the natural vitamins, for example, vitamin B, had also reduced over time. And the beauty of plant-based is that we can actually build on top of this and upgrade the meat to match or even better animal-based products. For example, we can infuse it with uh, iron, vitamins, as well as some additional supplementary nutrients that uh, one might not find in animal-based meat. Oh yeah, so in the news, we've actually just come across um, Mushroom X, which apparently uses fungi to produce food and materials. So adapting to this similar mindset, do you think using plants is the most sustainable way of producing meat? Or would you say that there are other ways of providing this green technology? There are a lot of um, technologies um, to tackle the alternative protein market. For example, like you mentioned, um, using fungi as one of the source, algae can be used to produce plant-based seafoods. Um, there's also insects, precision fermentation, as well as lab-grown meats to give people an alternative 
to animal-based proteins. Our first approach is plant-based meats because of its uh, availability in terms of the technology. The efficiency in producing the same amount of proteins as well as the general acceptability of um, plants being that if you tell customers that this protein comes from insect larva they might back off a little bit or for example um, genetically modified microbes um, might also be difficult to get into uh, certain markets. Yeah so speaking of lab-grown meat it is predicted to become the future of food production and has been said to be set out to become a billion dollar market. Would good food technologies ever consider investing in clean meat rather than your current approach of plant-based alternatives? For now, we're looking to explore plant-based alternative a little bit more because we believe that there are different forms and flavors that we can play around with as well as uh, different proteins that we can tackle. I'm not an expert when it comes to lab meat, but uh, it might take some time before actual commercialization. And uh, the lab meat actually comes from um, biomedical or uh, biological use cases. So the uh, original idea is to remove the original animal cells from a structure, say a pig's liver, and replace it with another animal's cells. And as you can imagine, this uh, is very useful in the uh, transplant type of use cases. So continuing on the discussion on the f- of the future, do you think plant-based meat will be the next big thing, especially looking at it from a climate change perspective? Do you think it will be a significant way in which uh, we will have to reduce our release of greenhouse gases like methane when we consume traditional meat? So if we take a step back and look at the big picture, um, the meat industry is very is one of the highest uh, carbon footprints amongst all the industries. That uh, imagine the all the transport industry put together is still lower than uh, meat production. And uh, one story that we've loved to share is that uh, using pork as one of the protein generators, it takes twenty eight weeks to produce adult pig from its uh, baby form. And uh, on the way, it consumes 1,600 liters of water, as well as uh, 700 uh, kilograms of food in order to produce around about 75 kilograms of edible proteins. In our plant-based technology, we're able to shorten this time to one hour to produce the same amount, 70 five kilograms of proteins as well as saving up um, the water because we only use about 40 to 50 liters of water as well as a much lower raw material to be consumed so over the years there's definitely a big impact that we can do if we adopt a more plant-based diet than animal-based diet sounds like this development um, is definitely looking at a more optimistic kind of future in the plant-based industry. So with this in mind, this sector has been identified to grow at a rate of 12% through to 2025. Do you think this can be attributed to the growing awareness of the climate crisis? Or do you think it's more related to the popular belief that 
lowering meat intake provides more health benefits. I think this can be uh, divided into uh, the different markets and what people believe in. Um, in the more international market, the climate crisis is definitely something that they keep in mind in order to adopt the plant-based diet and that they're more able to accept the taste compromisation in order to um, drive towards a more sustainable future. However, in some other markets, they might uh, focus more on the health benefits um, that they give uh, when they take in pl more plant-based diets. And this health benefit might be a bit more of a long-term uh, habit change in order to get the needs um, that plant-based can actually give them. With all this new development, how will the traditional food supply chain be impacted? And what is the opportunity for players to adapt and perhaps join this market? So we can look at the plant-based industry um, to the dairy and the meat products. Plant-based dairy is currently at 30% out of the uh, entire dairy market. Um, for example, there's a few brands that you might have heard of, Oatly, Khalifa. So there's definitely more growth potential in meat than the other categories. We envision uh, plant-based meat to be at least 10% uh, of the meat market in the next five years. And there's definitely a huge market to explore. Uh, for example, the, uh, the processed meat industry is uh, more than 300 billion US dollars market in China alone. And we also see our products work very well in the ready-to-eat frozen foods, such as dim sum and dumplings, where we can rely on the existing infrastructure. Unfortunately, when we're doing an interview in 2021, we have to discuss the pandemic. What have been the implications of COVID-19 on the supply and demand side for plant-based meat as you know it? So the pandemic had definitely raised awareness in food um, healthiness as well as food security, meaning that a healthier and more reliable product is demanded by the mass. Uh, one example that uh, we can share is that a renowned peri-peri chicken brand chain restaurant in the UK has been forced to shut down due to its shortage in chicken. Now, I guess one very strong application of plant-based meat is that its production and manufacturing can be done in very in a very short period of time as well as that it can be done anywhere across the world. Say imagine we can build a facility in the middle of a desert um, in order to feed its town's population. We can source the raw plant ingredients in and using the plant-based production, we can produce very staple foods, for example, dumplings, to give the residents a more nutritional and more healthy experience without any compromisation. And this is something that we're definitely looking to work towards in order to build these plant-based engines available for any type of basic meat manufacturers. This is something that we definitely want to look into in order to build this plant-based engines for the larger 
food manufacturers across the world. So imagine a very efficient meat generator that can be built anywhere across the world. And not only that, some of the raw materials can also be、uh, very easily sourced over the time. And this plant-based engine can generate nutrition, nutritional, tasty products. For example, dumplings, like staple food, and it fits、uh, people's palates over the different regions. So let's zoom back into Good Food Technologies. What are your company's key goals、um, amidst this really interesting time? Let's say. For next year, and how are you planning to achieve them? So we are looking、um, to launch our retail product later this month.、Um, there will be a initial launch in the Winter Food Expo、um, in the Wanshai Exhibition Center, where we'll be debuting our plant-based dim sum. In the form of frozen dumplings and frozen shaomai, we are looking to expand、um, our market to the Greater Bay Area later next year, and、uh, work with a manufacturing partner to start our、uh, plant-based meat generation there. And also, we're looking to grow our team in Hong Kong in the sense that we're looking for、uh, marketing and branding talents to join our team. Adding on to the focus of the future, where is your company headed toward with the plant-based meat innovations? Investigating different forms of plant-based meats,、um, Lanchion meat, for example, is one product that had been gaining a lot of attention due to the pandemic as well. People's perception of Lanchion meat, animal-based, is usually more unhealthy in terms of the sodium level as well as the preservatives that they put into it. Our approach to a lunchion meat product is that we use、uh, less preservatives and a lower sodium level in order to mimic the same experience. We're also looking into Chinese sausages,、um, a healthier version of it,、uh, much like the lunchion meat, as well as a meat floss product for bakery and mooncake applications. Considering the up-and-coming plant-based movement and the increasing number of international brands targeting the Asian market, it has definitely been an honor for us to interview Good Food Technologies with your unique approach in de- developing plant-based technology along with its Asian applications. So, thank you so much for coming. Thanks for having me. Be sure to follow us on goodfoodtech.gft. That's our Instagram account where you can find our latest news. That's all for today's episode. Thank you for tuning in to this tech interruption.